Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and you are tuning in to Therapy in a Nutshell here on KCNR 96.5 FM, 1460 AM, your talk radio. Today we're going to be talking about dysthymia, and you don't have to remember that name. Dysthymia is a word for a low-level, long-lasting, been-around-for-quite-a-while depression. And I mean been, been around for quite a while in you. I see people often in my practice that come in and they say, I'm kind of, I'm not really depressed, but I just don't feel great. And um, they just feel blah. And that's kind of a way that it starts out. And so I'll start assessing whether they have um, a regular depression, you know, a full-on depression. And often what I see with dysthymic people is that they have lost their zest for living. In fact, the thing that almost everyone resonates with when I say it is I say, do you feel like you're kind of sludging through mud? Like it takes a lot of energy to do anything and to get excited about anything or to feel like you want to do something. Everything feels like so much effort. And they usually go, yeah, that's exactly it. So they're usually getting up and going to work. They're functioning. They're taking care of their kids. They're cooking, but usually not with the zest that they usually would cook if they love to do that. Um, So they're functioning in their life. And the outside world often won't see them as depressed. Although if you have dysthymia, people will notice that you don't particularly want to go anywhere or do anything. You're apt to cancel if you have made arrangements. Um, You're tired all the time. You just feel kind of blah. Maybe you used to be happier and smile more and be more the life of the party or the gathering, and now you're just kind of quiet and you're digging deep to just do life every day. That is dysthymia. Um, it got renamed to PDD, Persistent Depressive Disorder. Um, those of us that have been around in the psychology world for a long time are going, okay, we've got to call it something different now. It doesn't matter. It's a pervasive depression. In other words, it's been going on for a long time. Often people are dysthymic for years before they try to get any help. Um, I want to tell you a story about one woman that I was seeing, and she came in because something bad had happened in her life, and I actually don't even remember what it was. There was a death, or there was a loss of some sort, and she wasn't getting better. And so we were doing therapy regarding what happened, but this dysthymic feeling that she had kept kind of sitting in the room with us. So I started asking her about it, and she said, yeah, I just, it takes a a huge amount of energy for me to do anything. She said, it kind of always has. I've been more of a slow-moving person. I, I don't get real excited about things. And we traced it back all the way to when she was about eight years old. And she had lost someone really important in her life at age eight and had never really pulled out of the grief and the loss of that incident. And so it just kind of colored her life. If you want to think of it as kind of colored her life gray, just dull and blah. So we talked about this dysthymia, and she really related to it. And so I I talked her into going to her medical doctor and talking about antidepressants. And when we talk about treatment for dysthymia later on in this show, you'll find out that 
antidepressants are very helpful for dysthymia. I'm going to explain to you later why I think that's a really good idea. But this woman started antidepressants, and I remember she came in. She'd been on them for probably about six weeks or so, and she said the most profound thing I think I've heard in 34 years of people dealing with depression. She said, you know, I feel like the world is in color now, and it has been in black and white almost my entire life. She said, I literally look at trees and see green. I see the bright brilliance of flowers. I look at the blue sky and the white puffy clouds, and I'm amazed. And I just looked at her, and she started crying, and she said, life has become beautiful. And that's what happens when you treat dysthymia. And there's other ways to treat it. It doesn't necessarily have to be antidepressants, although antidepressants treat dysthymia better than they treat anything else. They're more consistent, more responsive. Dysthymia is more responsive to antidepressants than just about any other mood disorder. So if you are feeling like your life has been in black and white, like you've lost your sparkle, or some people have said to me, I feel like I've lost my smile. I just don't feel it anymore. You're digging deep to get out of bed or to face the world, or you're waking up in the middle of the night and just blah and anxious and struggling. It might be that you've got this low-grade low-level depression that just kind of goes on and on and doesn't really lift. So if that's the case, or if you know someone who's like this, this is going to be a really good show for them to listen to. It'll be available later on my podcast, Dr. Patricia Bay, Therapy in a Nutshell. And you can turn them on to it so they can listen to it and see if they can get some help. But let's make sure that you understand some of the symptoms of dysthymia. Now, they're not all that different from depression. But often people with dysthymia will say, no, I'm not really depressed. Because when we think of depression, we think of a, a greater mood disorder, often, you know, almost suicide ideology, um, really deep feelings of loss and blah and just deep. And dysthymia is just this kind of low-grade, low-level sort of feeling like you're running on empty. So I'm going to give you some symptoms. And if get out a piece of paper and a pen, and if any of these symptoms are yours, jot them down. Because if you go to get some help later, these are some things that you can tell your doctor or tell a therapist that you go to. Often people will feel feelings of guilt and shame and feel bad for what they don't do or what they don't get done. Because they feel very unproductive, like they just can't get stuff finished. There's feelings of helplessness, like you might know you need to do something or want to do something, pull it together to do it, and you feel unproductive when you try. You know, uh, getting your taxes together for the accountant or even getting your taxes filed, Uh, paying the bills, uh, cleaning out the refrigerator, uh, taking the trash out on trash day. Um, getting the dog to the vet, little things that you know you need to get done and you can't just pull it off. Things at work, your productivity may have gone down and you don't feel as productive and worried that that your work sees that. Feelings of sadness and hopelessness. Um, And the sadness doesn't necessarily have to be you're crying all the time 
or you're feeling suicidal, it can be just a blah, blue feeling. Um, some people lose weight when they're dysthymic, but I've got to be honest with you. In my 34 years of private practice, almost everybody I've seen that's dysthymic gains weight. Occasionally there's that odd person that just can't eat when they're anything, depressed, anything. Um, but most people stop exercising very much. They don't want to move. They're not going out for walks. They're sitting around trying to comfort themselves. So increase in alcohol sometimes, increase of food, gaining weight. And then that leads to that vicious cycle of now I feel like a slug. I've got the F and U's, the fat and uglies. And if you listen to my show, no, I say that. Um, and they just feel worse and worse because they've got a downward spiral of lack of energy and not feeling productive. Um, loss of interest and loss of pleasure in things that you used to find joyful and fun. Like you might have gone out for a walk every morning and you just can't pull yourself out to do it. There's kind of a, a low mood, um, just a blah feeling. And often your self-esteem goes down. As you feel less productive, as you start and feel start to feel lazy and you're not getting things done and feeling like you're gaining weight and feeling, you know, drinking too much at night and just feeling yuck, you begin to lose your self-esteem. So these are, these are some real classic symptoms of dysthymia. And we need to look at them as a whole and not just one thing at a time. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about dysthymia in children. And I really want you to have a good understanding of what it is. And then we're going to start to talk about how to fix it. We're going to break. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. I love this song. You're listening to Randy McGinnis, Native American flutist. Amazing man, amazing flutist. You can go to his website, randymcginnis.com. He has six CDs. They're all beautiful and make you just feel peaceful, which is what we need in this world, isn't it? randymcginnis.com. Okay, we're talking about dysthymia. That persistent, low-level depression that can go on for years. Uh, In fact, diagnostic criteria is usually that an adult has felt dysthymic for about two years and children for about one year. So, yes, children can get that kind of low-grade, low-level depression that just colors their world gray. Um, children often don't present with the same symptoms of depression that adults do. Uh, there's a, there was a book written a long time ago called Why Isn't Johnny Crying? And it's a book that explains how children with depression often aren't crying. They don't feel sad. They're often angry, agitated, frustrated, acting out, um, mouthy, uncooperative, uh, socially not real great with other people, whether it's adults or kids. And that's often how children present with depression. And it's no different for dysthymia. Children can present mostly frustrated and angry and uncooperative when what they're really feeling is sad 
and depressed. So it, when you when I see kids in therapy, I don't necessarily ask them if they're sad. I start asking them how they feel about people in their lives, how they feel about school, uh, what thing makes them the happiest or what what animal, what person. And we're talking about how they deal with the world. So I want to give you a visual. If you or someone you love has been feeling this low-level kind of depression, I always draw this for clients in my office. And what I draw is like you're going to draw a scale. And on that scale, I put zero at the bottom, five in the middle, and ten at the top. The average bear runs somewhere around five. So the average person who's not depressed will drop down to a four or three, feeling kind of depressed, um, maybe go up to a five or six, and, and kind of a smooth path of ups and downs in their life. Occasionally, there'll be a, a real high when something great happens, or there'll be a real depressive episode if there's a loss or a death or a divorce or something like that. So zero being almost suicidally depressed, 10 being elated, super high, maybe even manic if it's a bipolar sort of thing. And the average person will just kind of run around to four, five, six, something like that. A super depressed person will be running down at like zero, one, two. They're just scraping the bottom of the barrel. They're feeling suicidal a lot. A bipolar person will have very lows and very highs. And they'll have episodes where they feel pretty normal as they pass through those kind of normal mood ranges. But a dysthymic person will run at a low level below that kind of five level. They'll be down like this kind of three, four a lot. They'll dip down into a two, um, just feel kind of crummy and blah. So I hope you're getting kind of a picture of that. It's not necessarily that they are super depressed and suicidal, but they are running kind of on empty. And it feels like that, that sludging through mud, running on empty, pushing themselves to get through their day. So I know some of you out there are going, yeah, that's exactly what I feel like. Because when I start describing this to clients, I start to get a lot of head nodding and going, oh my gosh, yeah. Like, I didn't tell my doctor I was feeling depressed because I, I don't really feel depressed all the time. I just feel blah. And the good news is, is dysthymia is treatable. You have to stop sitting in silence, which is the main thing. You have to start talking about what has led you to lose your sparkle, what's pulled you down under, and how long has that been going on? And what does it feel like to you? And the people that you want to talk with about this, I'm going to give you three really excellent choices. If you get into therapy, first thing you do is start talking to the therapist. You can even say, I listened to Therapy in a Nutshell, and Dr. Patty was talking about dysthymia, and I really think I have this low-level, low-grade depression. So talk about that. They'll know what you're talking about. If you go to your medical doctor, you tell your medical doctor the same thing. I have this long-term, low-grade, low-level depression that I just can't seem to pull out of. And your doctor will talk to you about possible medications. The other thing you can do is if you have a minister that you trust or a pastor, go there. They will be experienced with this as well because they see people struggling and 
if, if you trust someone like that, go and talk. They will maybe know a good therapist to send you to. They may talk to you a little bit themselves. But dyslimia is a mood disorder that needs to be treated. <coughs> Excuse me. So go ahead and get help. Ask for ask for something from your doctor. Talk to a minister about getting into a therapist and see if you can get some help. <coughs> no, sorry. I forgot to bring water in with me and my producer's getting me so. Okay. So when you're struggling and you Thank you, Jared. You're a doll. Oh, having had COVID, it leaves you with a low-grade cough. That just is a pain. Sorry. But I've got antibodies, right? Okay. So, um, with children, we're looking for the same thing. And you can also get them in for some therapy. You can take them to their pediatrician and talk to about it as well. I realize that not everybody wants to get on medication. In fact, one of the biggest reasons I see people avoid getting into help is they're afraid they're going to be forced on the medication. Nobody can make you take anything, all right? But it's always good to know what your options are. There are holistic treatments that can work for this low-grade, low-level kind of depression. Um, for example, we have a really talented acupuncturist here in Northern California. Her name's Linda Reagan. And I remember Linda teaching me that as different organs in your body, in Eastern medicine philosophy, as different organs in your body need to function at a more optimal level, sometimes depression can be one of the things that comes from either creates weakness in an organ or the organ can create the depression. So in Eastern medicine, they'll give you herbs um, They'll muscle test you. They'll figure out where your body's functioning and where it is not functioning at an optimal level. And they'll give you herbs and acupuncture to help raise those, the functioning in your body. And that can eliminate depression. It can help it, and it can also eliminate it. I've seen some excellent work with people that did not want to be on harsh medications or Western medicine medications, and Linda's been extremely helpful. So find a qualified acupuncturist. Often insurance will pay for visits of acupuncture or chiropractic. Um, and those are more holistic ways to begin to get some help. I want to tell you something really important about dysthymia. Sometimes just acknowledging that you're feeling this depression, going to your doctor, Seeking out holistic treatment, Ayurvedic treatment, acupuncture, chiropractic, um, sometimes seeking out this kind of treatment, that alone makes you feel like you're doing something to heal yourself. And that can be wonderful. It can, it can raise your spirits enough to say, hey, I've recognized I have this problem and I'm getting some help for it and it makes me feel a little bit hopeful that I'm going to see brighter days, literally. We take that woman I was talking about before and she starts seeing blue sky. You're going to see brighter days and that's just wonderful to do that. So that's the most important thing is recognizing that there is help. Think about how you used to be, if you're struggling with dyslimia, 
When was the last time you were happy? When was the last time you felt like you had that sparkle in your smile and that zest for life and that jumping out of bed because you had something cool you were going to do or a friend you were going to see? When was the last time you felt connected wholeheartedly to others in your life? Not, not connected in kind of a holding back sort of way, but wholeheartedly all in, feeling good about your relationships, feeling good about your life, feeling good about your job, and you are happy. I've shared in my podcast before that often in my life, and I've taught this to people, that I'll stop and do a happiness check, and I'll just say, hey, Patty, are you happy? And then I, I answer myself, and if the answer is no, I'm not particularly happy, I'll figure out what it is I'm unhappy about. And then if there's something I can move forward to do about that, I will try. I'll either, you know, get some help or ask somebody else what they think or get some input or look for a book or listen to a podcast. (laughs) I'll do something that is trying to address the issue that I'm recognizing I'm not happy about. And with dysthymia, sometimes you can put your finger on what you're unhappy about and sometimes you cannot. Let me give you an example. Let's say that someone in your life died and you've had this just low-level, low-grade depression that you've been dealing with and you know that there was a lot of grief and you've come out of the grief to a certain point. You never get over grief. Anybody that thinks you get over it is lying or they haven't gone through it. What you do is you learn to carry it better. So... Think of in the very beginning when someone dies, you're carrying some pretty heavy weights. And then as you learn to carry it better, you start to not feel as pervasively grief-stricken. That can end in kind of dysthymia. You're doing better, you're carrying the grief better, but you still never feel like you have risen back to your level of happiness before that loss. You're still kind of blah, life is kind of gray, and you just feel low and you're sledging through mud so what was a grief reaction has become dysthymia has become this persistent depressive disorder that's been going on probably for years so we're going to go to break and when we come back i want to talk about more ways that you can help yourself to get out of dysthymia we'll be back in a minute Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patty. And we are talking about dysthymia, that low-level, low-grade depression that just is persistent. It hangs on. That's why the new name for it is Persistent Depressive Disorder, PDD. I don't know if that's going to catch on or not. We shall see. Um, All right. So one of the things that you've... The reason I want you to stop and do a happiness check is I want you to look at when was the last time in your life you felt pretty happy. And maybe not ecstatic, maybe everything wasn't wonderful and perfect, but that you had more of a smile and a sparkle in your eye and a lightness to your step. Have you ever felt that? Okay, if the answer is no, then it's really time to be in therapy and see if you can find your sparkle. 
okay, because it's possible. But with dysthymia, usually people have had a time in their life that things are going pretty well, and then they're... The, the dysthymia starts usually for some kind of reason, and, and sometimes it, it's subtle. Like maybe it's just hormonal changes, like going into menopause. Uh, maybe for men it's a lowering of testosterone levels as you age. That can lead to it. Sometimes it is medical. One of the first things I like people to do with dysthymia is make sure they check their thyroid because um, hypothyroid or changing in thyroid can create depression and often when people find out that they're hypothyroid and they get on the proper thyroid medicine they go wow I haven't felt this good for 10 years and it's important that you rule out medical conditions so it's one of the reasons I want you to think about going to your medical doctor and telling your medical doctor I feel this low level low grade depression and I listened to the show on it and I've never checked my thyroid, do you think I should check that? Um, there's other things your doctor will want to check to see if how those things are doing, like your B12 in your body. Sometimes if you have really low levels of B12, that can affect your mood, stability, and your energy. So think of when the last time you were that you were happy. And I want you to connect that up with some of the things you used to do that you loved. When I ask this of clients in my office, it is not unusual for them to say things like, well, I used to go to yoga three times a week, and I loved it. And then I changed jobs, or then I moved, or then, as the case for many people, COVID hit, and yoga stopped, and they had to try and do it on the computer. So they'll say, I used to do, or I used to feel really great about, or I really enjoyed my gardening, my painting, uh, my grandkids, and I, they moved away or whatever. They had something that brought them joy, and something changed. Now, occasionally, it's hard to tell what comes first. Something changed, and it created some dysthymia, or you started to go under depression-wise with dysthymia and stopped going to yoga or stopped going out with your friends or gave up your garden. Um, so it, it kind of doesn't matter. What came first, whether you stopped gardening and then got depressed or got depressed and stopped gardening. And so if you're following my drift, what I'm talking about is what used to bring you joy and what is it you're not doing anymore. So finding one or two of those things and trying to get it back in your life is a really good way to begin to not get dysthymic, to get over it and to get through that depression. Especially if you're saying, I don't particularly want to take medication. Now, what I see as powerful is people that get on an SSRI, which is a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, antidepressant, and which is super helpful for dysthymia. And they take it for just six months to a year. They get things going again. They get back into yoga. They start doing the stuff they used to do. And they let that start to take on a life of its own. And then you can wean off the antidepressant appropriately with your doctor. And then don't cold turkey it. God, I have that conversation with people all the time. Keep taking your antidepressant. Wean off it appropriately. And keep going on the things that you've reinstituted in your life. That is actually the most profound treatment for dysthymia that I've seen. So let me give you an example. A woman who is, let's see, she's about 68, 69, 
um, her grandkids both live, she has to take an airplane to see both sets of grandparent grandkids. Uh, she's close to them, and she goes to see them kind of regularly. Uh, and with coronavirus, COVID, she has been staying home almost constantly. She stopped going to yoga. Um, she hasn't been able to go see her grandkids because she's not supposed to fly anywhere. And she's been isolated and getting depressed. She finally came in to see me because she feels like she's going under. And so we started talking about the depression. And what it what it came about, as I'm trying to figure out where she's coming from, is she's had this kind of dysthymia going on for several years, probably three, four, or five years, and has been sliding down into it. Um, the death of her husband that happened, I think it's about 10 years ago. She kind of pulled out of that grief and that loss, but she said like she never felt like she got her feet totally back under her again. She started to do a few things that felt good. Um, she was taking an art class, and she was going to yoga, um, but she really stopped being social. And then when COVID hit and she got super isolated, the dysthymia really went into a major depression. So by the time she's coming into my office, I'm concerned about major depressive issues. But the dysthymia was there for a very long time. So she got started on an antidepressant, and she's, uh, she's about three or four weeks into it now, and she's doing better. She started on an antidepressant that kicks in after about five to ten days, which is Lexapro, and it's working well for her. Um, and so I've been challenging her to keep putting back in one thing at a time. So she's researched um, yoga classes, and there's one that started back up now that you know, she's doing all the social distance and all that stuff. So she's going to, by the time I see her again, she's supposed to have tried that yoga class. And what I like to do with people is say, try something three times. So you're going to go to a yoga class, and you're going to be uncomfortable the first time. Go three times. You're going to go out for a walk, and you're going to do it three times before you decide anything. Because you might have the wrong shoes. You might not have picked a good route. Um, something. Call a friend. Go to coffee. Do that three times and see how that feels. You can't just do something once and expect it to be lovely, okay? Um, you want to try and do something social, something movement-wise, and something that you used to do. So those are the prescription for dysthymia. Now, if you cannot sludge through mud and make yourself do a couple of things, then you might have more depression than you realize. And that's okay. That's treatable as well. But the secret here for dysthymia is you have to reach out for help. You can't just keep stewing in your own juices. It's not working. And if you've been meaning to get out of your funk and your depression and you're sludging through mud and you've been doing this for years, you would have done it already by now if you could do it. Sometimes we need a tour guide to get us out of the muck. So getting into therapy, going to see your pastor, your minister, calling your doctor and getting an appointment. If you haven't had a physical in a long time, checking your thyroid, 
um, your doctor will check other things that they know that are related to mood disorders. And beginning to get help is the first step on getting out of dysthymia. And I'm hoping you're really getting the message that this is super treatable. Now, let's go back to treating kids. Kids need to get into the doctor, too. They often need to be in therapy when they're feeling like this. And one of the things we're looking for is we'd like children to learn how to manage their moods and to understand what depression is and and not necessarily have the word like I'm depressed, but be able to say when I'm feeling like this, this is what makes me feel better. So like, for example, um, one kid that I've dealt with that has depression, uh, he's much better now, but when he was very depressed, um, his parents got him a punching bag. And it was one of those, um, they got him a speed bag for boxing and they got him a big body bag. And they hung it in the garage. And when he was feeling badly or angry or sad or anything, they would encourage him to go out to the garage and punch on the bags. His dad, who had boxed a little when he was younger, showed him some boxing moves and worked with him a little bit on it. And the kid liked that a lot. But the issue was when he was feeling down or displaying, he would be angry when he was depressed, angry and frustrated. They would say, come on, let's go out the garage and get you punching on the bag. And in the beginning, they had to walk him out there. They had to get him going. Dad had to work with him a little on some moves. But after a while, he would say to his parents, I'm going out to the garage. I'm going to punch on my bags. And later, in fact, by the time he was done with therapy, he told me, that helps me a lot when I'm feeling bad. So he got it that this mood has this possibility of a solution. And that's what we're looking for with adults. What is it that you can do when you're feeling a certain way? But you can't do the denial and avoidance to say, I don't feel like that anymore. I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to pretend I'm fine. And you guys know what I mean when I say you're fine. You're effed up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. That's what fine means. So when you're fine, you have to have what it is you're going to do to pull yourself out of it. Okay, we're going to go to break. When we come back, I'm going to review over what it is and how you get out of dysthymia. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. The beautiful music of Randy McGinnis, Native American flutist. He's won tons of awards, played all over the world. His music is incredible. RandyMcGinnis.com All right, we're talking about dysthymia, that persistent depressive disorder that is the low-grade, low-level of depression that kind of goes on and on and on. So let's spend a minute talking about what causes dysthymia. We really don't know, although I can tell you from my private practice of 34 years, I have seen it be caused by hormonal imbalances, medical issues such as thyroid, things like that, um, losses that are never really resolved, uh, betrayals and endings of relationships that have blown your belief system in the world. Like, for example, being betrayed and hurt and getting divorced and changing your belief that marriage is a wonderful thing and it leaves you just feeling blah 
about the world and not trusting and not wanting to risk your heart again. That could lead to kind of a low-grade, low-level depression. The other thing I want you to understand about dysthymia is it can go into a worse depression like that one client I was talking about. Sometimes we call that double depression. You've got a low-grade, low-level dysthymia, then something happens to take you down even worse. And then you go into a major depressive disorder where you really are depressed and possibly suicidal and really struggling. And sometimes people in that type of depression often won't eat or can't eat. They'll lose weight. Um, Occasionally they'll binge and gain weight. Occasionally they'll really start coping with alcohol. But once that depression is treated, that really deep depression, sometimes it can level back off into that dysthymic sort of low-grade depression. Sometimes when it goes into a deep depression, people end up treating the whole thing, which is good. So the cause is not necessarily known and doesn't necessarily matter. What matters is that you acknowledge that you've got a problem and that it's kicking your butt and it is time to get some help. Can it be caused by just environmental factors? Yes. Can it be caused by genetics? Yes. There is a correlation for depression running in families, including dysthymia. But again, it really doesn't matter. It's treatable. So a couple of other symptoms that I didn't talk about is sometimes people have trouble sleeping when they have dysthymia. They have trouble sometimes falling asleep. Sometimes they sleep way too much. Sometimes they can fall asleep, but they can't stay asleep, and they'll wake up in the middle of the night. And then if they also have anxiety, that can really be hard because then they kick into anxiety in the middle of the night. And and often they'll fall asleep later on early morning and then be so tired when they try to wake up because they really haven't gotten good quality sleep. So sleep disturbances happen across the board for depression, whether it's a major depression or even a light dysthymic kind of depression. The other thing is trouble concentrating. People that have low-grade depression often will say, I just sometimes I wonder if I'm getting Alzheimer's or something. I just can't remember stuff. And, and when we really get down to it, it's often because they don't care. It's not so much that their brain isn't functioning. It's that they have to attend to what somebody's saying. They have to care. They have to put it in long-term storage in their head because they want to go to that barbecue or they want to meet someone for coffee. And so because they don't really care about what's going on and they have that kind of blah feeling, they often don't attend to what's going on and don't remember things real well. Um, So this whole idea of I'm sludging through mud, I don't want to go anywhere, I don't really want to do anything, um, Maybe in a moment of a little bit of energy, I'll agree to go do something, and then people with dysthymia often cancel. Uh, They just don't feel up to it. It also can manifest in a lot of body pain, Um, whether that's from sitting around too much or sleeping too much. um, Who knows? It's also because you just don't feel good, physically or mentally. And that can take on a life of its own, too. So if you are resonating with the show, and you're saying, all right, fine, I'm dysthymic. Thank you, Dr. Patty. I have a low-grade, low-level depression, and maybe I should get some help. First thing you're going to do is call your doctor and make an appointment. 
If you don't have a doctor, which a lot of people don't these days, that is so tough on people, find a good walk-in clinic and go in and talk to them too. Okay? That's all right. They're used to treating this kind of thing. So make a medical appointment. Then you're going to reach out for therapy. If you can't afford therapy or you, you don't have, like you live very rural or something like that, Tune into my podcast. There's over 120 episodes, and there's episodes on depression, anxiety, betrayal, um, grief and loss. Start listening to those and see if you can find a little bit of oomph of what might have led you into the dysthymia. And that's a really good place to start, to start to treat what was going on. If you have a relationship you're not real happy with, listen to Communication Basics, Conflict Resolution, Fair Fighting, the home supervisor, how you divide up the chores in your house. Um, Listen to these different episodes and see if they give you some help. So you've got an appointment with a doctor. You're going to start, you're going to get into some therapy. And at the very least, you're going to listen to more podcasts that I've got of the different titles. Type in Dr. Patricia Bay Therapy in a Nutshell, and all the titles will come up, Spotify, Pandora, all that. The other thing you're going to do is pick one physical thing to do. If you've got a treadmill, you're going to get on it every day. You're going to go out and walk. You're going to turn on YouTube and start doing a yoga class. You're going to find a yoga class in town and go three times and try and get into it. If you are a senior, maybe go to chair yoga. If you are new to yoga, go to a beginning class. That's okay. Even if you've been taking yoga a long time and you haven't gone a long while, go in a beginning class. Get yourself back into it. Call a friend. And if you don't have a friend, that's okay too. But if you have a friend that you've been avoiding, maybe go to coffee or go out and have lunch together. Or ask your friend to take a walk with you because you're trying to get out and walk more. And they, they might do that. So you're going to reach out and do something that you haven't done, that you used to do, that made you happy, okay? These things are going to pull you out of dysthymia over time. Do not expect it to be easy right in the beginning. You're still going to sludge through mud, but you're going to try and make yourself get up, get out, and do it. Now, if you can't follow that plan, if that is just way too much for you, then you probably need to be on antidepressants. And I get it that taking medication is not fun. It's not easy. But many antidepressants that help these selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, the SSRIs, they're generic now. They're super inexpensive. Even if you don't have any kind of good coverage to pay for them, they're super inexpensive. Like I'm talking about $10 for three months sometimes. So it's time for you to find your sparkle. It's time for you to find your smile again. And if you feel like you've never had it, then it's time to find it for the first time. And it's really possible. You just got to want to. And it means you have to do a few things to make that happen. So call and make a medical appointment. Get in with a therapist. And if you don't know who to get into, ask your medical doctor who you recommend. Call a pastor or a minister and ask who they recommend for therapy for depression. Ask a friend. That's okay. Um, You can even call your local helpline and you can tell them what you're talking about, 
someone who deals with depression, you can tell them what kind of insurance you have or affordability you have for therapy. And your local helpline can usually help you get into the right place. The other thing that can be extremely helpful and is free, there are groups on social media that are, you could find, type in the word dysphymia, okay? Look it up. It's spelled in a difficult way. D-S-Y. D-T-H-Y-M-I-A, dysthymia. Um, type it in there, and you'll find groups that struggle with dysthymia. And there's support groups for each other. And sometimes it helps just to talk to other people that know you're struggling. And that's free as well. So the important thing is, is you need to be done doing nothing about it. You've sat with this long enough. You've suffered long enough. It hasn't gotten better. You haven't pulled out of it in years. So it's time to get some help and change your life. And the really, really good news about this low-level pervasive kind of depression is it is the most treatable depression that exists. The outcomes on this when people really step into it are phenomenal. I absolutely love seeing clients that go from no sparkle, no smile, to laughing and talking and finding things that they like and finding people that they want to be with and things they want to do. And it's pretty cool. And that can be you too as well. So get some help. Dig deep. Make yourself go three times. You can do this. And you can feel better. And you can find that smile and find that sparkle. This is Dr. Patricia Bay. And you've been listening to Therapy in a Nutshell, where I just want to help heal the world one hour at a time.
The news from Town Hall is brought to you on KCNR Shasta Reading by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Your life, your health, your choice. Shasta Regional Medical Center.